Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. everybody to episode number 19 of the message board geniuses podcast this is who's i've got casey mbg and joy with me in the studio today how are we all doing tonight fabulous Great. Wonderful. wonderful all right Tremendous. so thought we'd try something new this week and kick off the show with our first ever mbg podcast mailbag got a question of the week from twitter user steve mulligan who asks this is in a, from a DM. Hey, who's I have a mailbag question for the pod. What would each of you say is your most embarrassing, cringy moment as a sports fan? When were each of y'all a genius of the week? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> All right. So no pressure, Casey. First answer to our first ever mailbag. What do you got? So I think the cringiest moment that I've ever had, which I, I don't know, you guys don't know me well enough yet, but I was never really the guy that like would chase the girl, you know, but in this one instance, I was very young and dumb and I went to see a Broadway show in Tampa, Florida, instead of watching the Super Bowl one year. And it wasn't even like it was a good Broadway show like Wicked or, uh, you know, any of the really, really good ones. Hamilton. It was Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> that was MBG's evil laugh. I don't know if we've heard that one before. <laughs> so I, I probably have way more. And if I didn't have, you know, only like a week to prepare for this, I probably could have come up with way more. But yeah, I think that's, that's the cringiest. I missed the entire Super Bowl for Mama Mia. Which it didn't work out with the girls. That, well, that's right. That's the cringiest part, right? Which was it a bad Super Bowl at least? It was a it was a Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl, is what I remember. Oh, that was a good it, one. Yeah. Was it it might have been Drew Brees too? Was it, were the same? Uh, that was that was a decent one, yeah. 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 All right. Joy, what do you have? I think mine was in 2013 i was a sophomore at lsu and we were playing tcu in the football season opener and my friend and i in at&t stadium and my friend and i each went and bought like a bucket of popcorn to throw into the crowd when we scored our first touchdown in which we did until we made everyone around us we threw it and then we realized that um they actually threw an interception and the other team got the ball. So we had just celebrated an interception in our own student section. And my friend actually like got in a fight over it and had to be escorted out. I think they just stood there and pretended like it wasn't also me that threw that, um, but it was both of us. And I just sat there and acted like it wasn't me, but inside I was cringing, hoping that no one would realize that it was also me. Is that an LSU thing? The popcorn throwing? No. Like, I don't know why we all of a sudden, I don't know what, I don't, like, I don't understand why we did that, honestly. Like, looking back now, I'm like, what a waste of money. That was probably, like, half my tuition, a large popcorn bowl at AT&T Stadium. But, you know, I did it, and um, I regret it. But it's such, really. it's such one of those things, like, it's such a good idea at the time, especially after 35 blue cans. 
Not Pepsi. No, no. I think the worst part about the story is I was 100% sober. Don't say it. Don't say it. percent sober. Casey, I think you and I approach game day the same way. <laughs> now, moving forward, as time went on, I was I wasn't always, but working recruiting, I wasn't allowed. I there were certain rules, and that was one of the rules. So I had not been drinking, even though. All right, MBG, what do you have? Well, I could, I've got a lot to choose from. But <laughs> the one that comes to mind was it was probably about maybe 10, 12 years ago, I was at a Utah State Fresno State basketball game in Fresno. And I know that's west of the Mississippi, so you guys might not know where that is, but that's in California. Is it one of oh, the you, four corner states? No, it's not. It's not okay. You were the guy that was there at that game? <laughs> I was there. I was one of the few. And we, I, my seats were right behind the Utah State bench. And the game ended, I think it ended in overtime, and it ended on a questionable call, one that I did not agree with, and Utah State ended up losing a close game. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure what came over me, but as the refs were exiting the court and walking up the tunnel, I took off sprinting after the refs and ran up the tunnel, and finally security guard just stepped in front of me. And at that point, I realized what I was doing. And I have no idea what I was going to do if I caught, if I ever got up to the refs. I don't know if I was going to assault them, yell you at them. You were thinking of fists, by the way, when you were telling that. <laughs> I, I went back, and that's exactly my friend asked. He's like, what were you going to do? I was like, I have no idea what I was going to do. I just <laughs> Something came over me, and I just beelined up the tunnel after the refs. I'm not quite sure what I was going to do, but um, I think a lot of people saw that. And luckily, uh, nobody there knew who I was. So that was probably my cringiest one that I can remember. Hitting Trent Dilfer with a spitball was probably number one, but I've already told that story, so this All one's right. probably number two. <laughs> All right, give it so, to us, who's uh, I'm going to take you all back to a, a, a happier time for UVA football fans. Uh, early November 1995, uh, we were ranked number 24 in the country, I think. We we're about to face off against number two FSU. Uh, for those of you all who don't remember or maybe weren't alive back then, um, FSU was just a wrecking ball back then. They had joined the ACC, I think, Casey, in what, like 92, maybe? I don't want and, to talk about it. Yeah, and leading up to this game, they literally had not lost a conference game. They'd won 29 in a row. Um, this was Thursday night football on ESPN. So back then, it's a huge thing. It's like, you know, the big game of the week. There wasn't a game every night back then. And I was living in Maryland. I was thinking about driving down the three hours down to Charlottesville. And my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, mentioned that this comic that she had gotten to know when she was working at a comedy club in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, had left us tickets for his show in Hagerstown, which was like half, half an hour away. And so went back and forth trying to figure out what to do. And Finally, I was like, I, I don't want to drive three hours on a Thursday to you know watch us get our butts kicked on national TV. It's just going to be a little depressing. So instead, we head off. We go see this comic. We get back from the show. I turn on the game, and literally, UVA fans are storming the field because we stopped. I mean, Casey, I know you've seen it. Stopped work done on the last play of the game at like the one foot line. It's the greatest you know upset in the history of UVA football. And I missed it to go see Carrot Top in concert. <laughs> it, it is something I will never, ever forgive myself for. I don't blame you, though, because they were, they were, I mean, even going into the game, we were hoping 
that it was going to be a good game. I re- that's one of those you remember where you were games yeah, for me. That was personally. a huge deal. I know yeah. exactly where I was, who I was with, but you didn't expect it that to happen. So I, I kind of give you a little bit of a break. Yeah, but it was Carrot Top, man. I mean, well, I, yeah, that's true. I, I rescind well, that break. Well, what's cringier, though? I mean, this really comes down to what's cringier, Carrot Top or Mama Mia? <laughs> oh, I got more, MBG. I got more cringy <laughs> moments if you want them. Oh. Yours, yours reminded me. I'll give you one, and it's outside looking in, and I, uh, here I go again. But we were at Duke. We snuck into Duke Cameron Indoor Stadium. We wow, had two man. tickets and six people. So this was way back. Alex Rodriguez was the special guest for Mike Krzyzewski, and he played for the Seattle Mariners at the time. So we're going back. Way back. Rashawn McLeod was a kid from New Jersey that I knew. He played at St. Anthony's in New Jersey one of the perennial powers nationally before AAU took over and all these other schools like IMG and Montverde and all of them. Are, all right. Anyway, so they go nuts when you're off the foul line, like absolutely berserk. And we got seats. We snuck in and, and sat right behind the Clemson bench. So Rashawn McLeod is on the free throw line and it goes stone cold silent. And I just scream out, Rashawn, Rashawn. <laughs> Battier turns his head. McLeod turns his head. And all I could get out was, what's up, man? <laughs> I was worried of what, where that was going to go. That's all I could, like, literally, I didn't think anyone was going to turn around. I, I was ready for, we're going to have to use the dump button there or something, and that's all you can muster, huh? <laughs> you like how I figured that up last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Casey's. Hi. The, the who's button. That's what uh, it was. <laughs> All right. All right, good stuff. Well, I have a feeling the mailbag will be a recurring segment, you know, over the coming months. It's I, I like the question, so we'll have to keep coming back to those. But good stuff, you guys. All right. Well, that brings us to our weekly segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, somebody who did something particularly dumb or embarrassing this week, and then we'll put it to a vote on Twitter. Last week we had another Twitter vote. And Joy, for the second time in three weeks, just crushed everybody. Juju Smith-Schuster took home 45% of the vote, followed by, I think, MBG's nominee. It's a Texas A&M fan who got 29%. So, Casey, Casey. you and I have some work to do here. Oh, that was you. My bad. That was was Casey. I just have a complaint because Uh, even though I won, I'm a sore winner. And... (laughs) Last week, I was accused of election rigging. You were. But this week, Casey did the same thing, and Hoos just lets it go. Just doesn't even oh, say anything. And yeah. I even tagged Hoos and said, if you're going to call it, call it even. Who's done like the tweet? Who's done reply to the tweet? So this is favoritism <laughs> at its finest, and I'm over it. I'm calling it what it is. This is some good old-fashioned boys club, and I'm trying to break yep. up into it. And That's I just exactly think that's is. a bunch of bull. <laughs> may, may I respond? You uh, try. This is I the would... argument we wanted last week with Virginia yeah. Duke. Go. Yeah. So uh, I was drunk this weekend and was not on Twitter. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's can it. You just, can you just verify that Casey also tried to rig the election this week? I did oh. not see that or I... Out. No, I did. I was, I was out. I, we were away this weekend. I was hammered. All <laughs> I asked was, you know, the guy that I didn't even do my own research this week. 
before it. I, I was given it by at five foot nothing pod. So I was hoping for his Notre Dame friends to vote for it. That's all. Case, Casey's like the Tennessee of genius of the week. He's he cheats and he still loses. <laughs> He is the Will Wade of the podcast. I gave my McDonald's bag to my boy Palk, and I can't even, you know, he can't even come through for me. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, Will Wade, too. That's MBG really just made the Tennessee fans on TikTok pretty upset. With that. <laughs> well, I wasn't talking last year. I was talking back with Mr. Don't Pruitt. Man, don't take back the hot take. Yeah, don't, oh, yeah, don't get all, all soft right. on us now. <laughs> all right, cut, cut that part out. <laughs> I don't have that power. <laughs> Those man all, right, well, like all the power. Casey, uh, who's your nominee this week? I'm going back to Columbia, South Carolina. It seems like they're a very, I don't know. They're, they're just, they're just them. Our friend, the Spurs up show had a, had a oh. tweet actually first on three sports had a top 10 returning quarterbacks. And the Spurs Up show said, does Spencer Rattler no longer exist? And so I did some digging here. I actually did some research, which I know will surprise most. Spencer Rattler played 13 games. He had 68% passing, which is actually pretty good. 3,000 yards. Eh, it's okay. 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But on this list, they had quarterbacks like Caleb Williams, who had 4,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Oh, also 10 rushing touchdowns. They had quarterbacks like Drake May, who 66%, a little less than Rattler, but 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and almost 4,500 yards, and also ran for 1,000. We'll even go down a little bit. Um, There was one that had 1,000 yards rushing. Oh, Jaden Daniels was on that list from LSU. 68% passing, didn't throw as much, had about 3,000 yards, but had 17 touchdowns. Passing in three inter- three interceptions, along with nearly twelve hundred rushing yards and eleven touchdowns. There's a reason that Spencer Rattler is not in the top ten in the country, and this guy just continues to throw out this BS on Twitter. So for that, the Spurs Up Show is my genius of the week. Well, you're going to be called an attention whore in about three days. Bring it. <laughs> You could really list that dude pretty much every week. To I be honest, try to this week. I'm probably this yeah. is probably a stretch this week, but just I saw it and I was. I don't think I, it's so. A I literally did the stats. I don't think what? it's a stretch, and you just proved why it why it wasn't a stretch. Wasn't that the guy telling us like this isn't the way to grow our brand? Yes, or that's exactly. Yeah. I mean, shut up. Whatever. Also, their <laughs> fan base and cool. Alabama fan base got in a fight today during the South Carolina Alabama basketball game, and they literally had to pause the game. Really? Listen, I'm I'm married to a gamecock. She is the best person I know. She's awesome. I I do not mind South Carolina Spurs up guy can eat it. So, <laughs> quite honestly, I'm older now. I do live in the state, but I don't really deal with too many South Carolina fans. But the ones I know, I really like. Yeah. The ones I interact with, I like a lot. So I don't have a problem with them either. And I'm too old to worry about games, like I told their friend a couple weeks ago too old to let it linger on me so uh for that i, I feel the same way this guy just isn't good. but anyway well, i'm young and i can't stand anyone so i don't like any of them who's your genius of the week joy <laughs> oh i took 
card from the MBG playbook. And my genius of the week is Ohio State fans. And this is why. Because a report came out this week. It was actually an interview with CJ Stroud. And he said that he doesn't have social media during the season. However, um, he does have Venmo. And Ohio State fans were sending him messages via Venmo that would say, like, play better or do better. But the best part about this whole thing is that in order to send someone a message on Venmo, you also have to send someone money. So while they were yelling at him to play better and do better, they were also putting money in his bank account. And that just sounds like the most Ohio State thing I've ever heard, honestly. It's just ignorance at its finest, in its finest level and its finest form. So Ohio State fans are my genius. Of I can't wait till they get a bad quarterback. Oh, my. Or a bad coach. Right? Oh, gracious. my God. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's so sad. I, I'm just really like, y'all don't even understand what a bad – like, you don't even know what a bad quarterback is. Nope. It's been a while since they had one. I mean, literally. I'm like, okay. I would have gladly shipped you like Danny Etling oh. and Brandon Harris and let y'all know what it was like. DJ Uyunglele. What? <laughs> Spencer <Sorry>. Rattler. <laughs> well, he's top 10. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MBG, who you got this week? Well, I'm going to go with my good friends, the Utah fans. It's a bit of a rough uh, time for the Utah folk. Um, I think they've been seeing all week on Twitter and um, online that the Pac-12 is going to fall apart and that they're going to end up having to go to the Big 12 um, or stuck in some you know, patch-up Pac-12 with San Diego State and SMU. And you know what? Utah is just too good for the Big 12 and San Diego State and SMU or whoever they're going to add to the Pac-12. So with, with that in mind, there were a couple posts on the Utah board, and I think I tweeted this out. Um, but there are a couple posts that I think um, illustrate what I'm talking about here in regards to Utah fans. First one says, 80% of responders to Pac-12 tweets are deluded Big 12 fans. I think many of them must be on disability because they're on every damn thread. We need to have a talk about middle America. And then the uh, response to that is, uh, it is quite the sociological and cultural observation. These two conference fan bases and media bases are a striking reflection of their institutions and regions, general academic education levels and their cultures, including, including their embrace of concepts like truth in journalism. So, I find it funny to watch Utah fans kind of turn their nose up at uh, what they call the truck stop conference, the big 12, which they're probably going to end up having to join or San Diego state and SMU. Um, and just to illustrate that what Utah is like, uh, they had it before their current athletic director, Mark Harlan, they had an athletic director named Chris Hill who happened to have a doctorate degree. Keep in mind, he wasn't a medical doctor, but he insisted that everyone call him Dr. Chris Hill. Otherwise, he would get upset if you didn't refer to him as doctor. And that's, that reflects exactly what the Utah fans kind of think of themselves. <laughs> so for that, they're my genius of the week. Good I want to keep the theme of our personal grudges coming out in our <laughs> genius of the week. <laughs> because, I mean, Casey's got South Carolina – uh, Joyce, yours, yours was relatively, it wasn't Texas A&M, so your, yours wasn't the grudge, but 
MBG's got Utah. I'm I'm going with the Duke student who's on Twitter this week. He who created a fake Tinder account to catfish Louisville's Kamari Land. I don't know if you all saw this. There's a picture of this guy uh, holding a big poster board sign in the student section with screenshots showing him talking to Land about his make believe boobs. Did you all see this stuff? And the, the dude is just oh, yes. He's so pleased with himself. He thinks it's such a huge flex and it's, it's just creepy as hell. And it's further evidence that the Cameron crazies are just a bunch of awkward virgins. So for that, Duke fan is my genius of the week. Yeah, that's creepy. That's a runaway. (laughs) I called that one immediately. Well, well, Joy's going to cheat, so she'll win. But (laughs) who's you're the real winner. (laughs) <laughs> uh, most very sore losers that's all i i like losing because all that's all i've ever done it's all i've ever known i mean Clemson you think fans. like you have a lot more years on, on this show on this show oh, okay on the show all right yeah a lot more years in life than me so you would uh, think that y'all would have gotten used to losing by now but no that's not i think she just called us old losers i did, did. i did i'm not 100 positive but I'm pretty bitter today, so yeah. Um, that's exactly what I just did. Bitter bus party. I'm sorry I insulted Duke Joy. I mean, not really, but not, you're not, not sorry. Not no. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Before we get started on this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. We also want to thank the folks at Saturday's Count. You can find their merch at saturdayscount.com. Remember, only so many Saturdays make them count. MBG, what do you have lined up for us this week? Well, I'm going to make it up uh, with joy here right off the bat. I've got, <laughs> I, I've got a Texas A&M post. So. I feel like it's been a while since we've gone yeah. after them. It has been. Well, they, it's the off season, so they're involved in their cultish activities. They don't have time. To <laughs> is it Texags at least? It is Texags. Oh, yes. All right. And it's a poster whose name is Trailer Trash. Because of course it is. Of course, that's on brand. <laughs> and really, Texas A&M fans are really preoccupied right now with um, Texas and Oklahoma joining the big uh, the SEC. They're pretty concerned about it, and Trailer Trash uh, specifically is very concerned about it. Um, so he has this post and the title of his post says Castiglione and Del Conti, which are the athletic directors, directors for Oklahoma and Texas are the, the Sopranos are coming. And he says, 2023 will be the last year before the big 12 crime families infiltrate the greatest sports conference in America, rule changes, tampering, hand-picked zebras, whistle-whipping clocks with speed controls, hidden cameras, compromised communication gear. Every imaginable scheme and scam will descend on the SEC. It will be the worst thing to hit the South since Reconstruction. (laughs) ESPN will run the media coverage with a firm grip on Feinbaum's testicles, and there will... There will not be a thing anyone can do. Here is to the last great season of college football. So there it is, guys. This is it. Was it was a good run. It was a good run of college football, I'll be honest. 
It's been real. It's been fun. Enjoy it while you can, because this is going to be as bad as it's been since the 1860s. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no history buff, but I don't think that was a good time. (laughs) Well, not for not for most people. No. Well, I mean, but I mean, during Reconstruction, wasn't that kind of slavery was abolished? You know, they ended secession. They gave like civil rights to black people. I mean, that they make it sound. This is a very weird, <laughs> it kind of gross analogy this guy makes, right? Like the worst time in the South since. I mean, his username is Trailer Trash. I don't know. If <laughs> <laughs> it could have ended right there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I need to bone up on my uh, high school history. Maybe I'm misremembering Reconstruction, but I thought Ooh. that's what happened. Well, either he's not real clear about Reconstruction either, or he's maybe a racist. I'm not sure. Right. That's right. <laughs> he's really hiding the ball a little bit on the main thrust of this post. I think. I, I mean, he, I mean, he really outs himself as being uh, completely ignorant or a racist or both. <laughs> or both. I mean, there's really no other no other way to go with that. I don't That's, think. They, I don't. I what I got from that is that I don't think he likes Texas. <laughs> You don't think, huh? I, I was I was waiting for the Casey. <laughs> uh, it'll come. It'll come. It wasn't the right time. I, I will say the the thing that stuck out to me the most in this post was that the phrase "a firm grip on Feinbaum's testicles" really conjures a visual that I'd rather have not popped into my head because that's that's something you can't scrub away. So, yeah, I, it was quite I'm a turn quite... of phrase. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what that means. Does he think that Texas kind of controls ESPN and that ESPN is not going to let Paul Feinbaum say anything negative about Texas and Oklahoma? I'm not quite sure what he, what that's, he means. I think that's exactly what he's saying, yeah, which is super weird, right? I was going to say, mean, which is comical because if you know anything, you know that the only people that Feinbaum doesn't talk negatively of is the University of Alabama. So it has – like. Everyone's fair game in the SEC except for them when it comes to buying ball. And yet he's a Tennessee alum. It's weird. Which, it makes no sense. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, Texas is not going to waltz in and take over the conference. It's just not going to happen. In well, any way, shape, or form. First of all, they're all going to have a meltdown the second they walk anywhere and someone starts doing horns down because they think that's the most offensive thing they've ever seen. So we're going to make sure to do that every chance we get. Well, that's why they're going to run every imaginable scheme and scam. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. Trailer Trash said it. Yeah. Well, if Trailer Trash said it, then it must be true. I mean, he's got some examples rule changes, tampering, handpicking their own referees, monkeys biting kids. Oh, sorry. Where we. What? With the- <laughs> what? Come on. The strip, the pole assassin. Come on, man. Oh, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Who's, for picking me up. <laughs> man, that, yeah. You never forget that story. I remember where I was. I mean, that, like that Reagan got shot when the pole assassin story came out. That screams SEC to me. I mean, there was some concern that they weren't SEC ready, but I think that was the first indication that they probably were. That was them tra- getting ready for the transition, right? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Too good. Lord. All right. Well, speaking of Texas A&M, they're going to make an appearance here in my next post too. So we'll, we'll stay on topic a little bit. This is a post from a Miami board. And anybody that knows Miami fans knows that they really get fired up in the off season. This is their time to shine. Uh, 
Well, yeah, because they can't. They have nothing to get fired up about during the season. Twelve and zero, baby. Twelve and zero. Well, here they are. They're twelve. They're uh, they're excited. And this uh, poster named King Biggs on uh, inside the U at two four seven board, he says the offense is going to explode because of uh, TVD. Think about it. How many teams in the ACC run an air raid offense? No one yet. The only downside is we play Texas A&M, which faces Mississippi State every year, so they should be familiar with air raid concepts. If they give the conference a blueprint to beat us, then this air raid revival could come to an end really fast. But if they can't stop us and we're able to score at will, then look for a real bright future similar to Tennessee's magical run. So uh, it appears as though... Miami's season all hinges on their game with Texas A&M. If Texas A&M can stop them, everybody will stop them. If Texas A&M cannot, nobody will. And they're going to have a Tennessee-like magical run. I'm not sure Houston's Shannon Dawson is really the guy that's going to make TVD into the quarterback at Mississippi State. The TVD had a, run, a rough go last year, didn't he? Tyler Van Dyke. Yep. He got hurt a couple times when he was in. He wasn't good. He was good two years ago when no one had seen him on film. But last year he had a rough he had a rough year. Definitely yeah, talking about before last year too, right? I mean, it, I mean they were talking up several ACC quarterbacks, some of which we won't go into detail about, who ended up not having great seasons last year. But but I mean Van Dyke, yeah, he was getting he had a great end to the season two years ago. He was fine this past year, but I think he had like ten touchdowns, maybe like you know he had eight. Nothing huge. He played nine games. He had 18, uh, 1,800 yards. You're right. Ten touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, it's like Spencer, Spencer Rattler numbers. <laughs> so he's top ten. Then. Yeah. My, my, it's my bad. But, you know, Shannon Dawson, I, I kind of looked at him. You know, he had Houston. I think they had like the 25th ranked offense in the country last year. They didn't actually exactly blow anyone's doors off either. Um, so I'm not quite sure what this guy's thinking. But apparently Jimbo Fisher holds the key to Miami's uh, – future success next year i i was particularly fond of of this line because this just embodies the message board analysis the if we're able to score at will then look for a really bright future i'm pretty sure that would apply to you know any school out there if you every school score at will it's <laughs> like, kind of how the game works yeah that, that's what? Yeah, very insightful there yeah. kind of analysis i look for in the message boards well, just so because I was worried that people would think, well, this is just one poster that thinks that. So there's another post on a totally different Miami board on the 03 board. Um, a guy named Philly, he said, pin it, copy and paste, mark it down. Miami will win 10 to 11 games. Tyler Van Dyke will be a Heisman candidate by midseason. TVD will be a top five pick in the 24 NFL draft. Can I switch my genius of the week for this week? Yeah. That, guy? <laughs> that dude went over three on that post, by the way. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling Matt now. Hey, I mean, it, it's rough. I don't know how you have such an attitude switch after watching your team get boat raced by Middle Tennessee to all of a sudden thinking that you're going to win 10 games and have a Heisman winner with virtually the same offense. Yeah, I mean, they were five and seven, right? Something like five and seven or six and and six. And they weren't good. And they had some dudes on defense too. They just were not good. 
Yeah, I'm not quite sure what these Miami guys are thinking, but, you know, it's February, so. There's definitely some hive mind with the Miami fans, though. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in one of their Twitter spaces before, but good Lord. I mean, <laughs> it's. 12 and 0. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. Like, it's well, worse than the Twitter posts and the message war posts. Anytime I post a Miami post and I do like a hashtag, like the U is back, I get all these Miami fans telling me that no one has ever said that the U is back. (laughs) Um, So just for those people, uh, here's at least two posts just in one one week. (laughs) uh, People who think the U is back. So it's um, there's not nobody saying that. I'll tell you that much. Isn't it funny when some people say nobody's saying it and yet one person said it that that defeats the entire the whole your whole point is now moot right (laughs) all right let's move on i got another post now this next post is from a utah board but i believe it's an alabama fan posting on a utah board ufans.net and again they're talking about this whole conference deal and the ufans on that board seem to think that they might be going to the big 10 or maybe even the sec that was kind of the discussion here so this this Bama fan, Bama fan NKY, he's kind of feeding into it. I don't know if he really believes this or not, but he says, none of the four added by the Big Ten are any good. US, USC, um, when I say USC, I mean Southern California, hasn't been relevant since W's first administration. Think about it. We have changed postseason BCS to playoff to now 14 to 12, and SC has never been a factor in any of those changes. The Big Ten is like Patrick Beverly. <laughs> they do a lot of motion and moves to seem like they hustle, but they aren't moving the needle. That said, I think adding San Diego State and SMU give you two teams that can build in your conference and possibly replace whatever it was that USC and UCLA have been doing the past 15 or so years. Adding Utah is probably the strongest addition to any P5 in recent years. Just bullies to these weaker P- Pac-12 schools in the past two years. So my question is, is, really, is the Big Ten really just Patrick Beverly? <laughs> I mean, if it is, the ACC is like Adam Morrison. <laughs> they do a lot of motion and moves. I. I think outside of two schools in that conference, I don't really think motion and moves when I think of Rutgers or <laughs> Iowa. Well, or I Northwestern. Mean, the last time they made any moves was 2014 when they added Maryland and Rutgers, right? right. And those come from, uh, well, New York is the number one DMA, uh, the number one market in the country. Washington, D.C. is the number nine. And then they're adding USC and UCLA, which is Los Angeles, the number two market. I don't know that I'd really call those Patrick Beverly type movies moves um, in terms of uh, raising your conference uh, awareness or your market share. <laughs> Seems like it is, it, uh, that's about as good yeah, as you can get. Yeah. I mean, is he saying that he'd rather have SMU and San Diego State? I mean, yeah. And he's saying that those two can replace anything USC and UCLA have done. I mean, SMU's gone, I looked at this, over the last 10 years, and it's fine. It's probably a better record than we have, but like 57 and 57 in the American Athletic Conference over the last 10 years. Like, you know, SMU, they were powerhouse back in the day, but they're they're fine. But 
it's not as big a market as, you know, like LA, <laughs> I wouldn't think. And I know USC has been a little bit down, but they've won, I think, 87 games in the last 10 years. I mean, how many Heisman winners? Maybe it's just one during that time, but it's not like they've been irrelevant. So did you know if you type in if you type in USC football into the Google machine? Oh no. What school comes up? It's Southern Cal. Yeah, it's always Uh, Southern Cal. (laughs) Okay. I thought you were gonna say it was South Carolina. I was like, South Carolina fans. I'm just saying. (laughs) We're really giving some heat tonight, aren't we? Yeah, so I'm not sure what, what that guy's talking about. I don't think the Big Ten is Patrick Beverly. Uh, give him a little more credit than that. <laughs> I thought Patrick Beverly is pretty serviceable in the NBA, if you ask me. It's probably just those motion and moves, though, that I'm being <laughs> blinded by. That's right. You're easily distracted, Casey. That's why. <laughs> All right, so there was some other news that came down this past week about a, a former Texas basketball coach, Chris Beard, that got people pretty excited. His domestic violence uh, charges were dropped by the district attorney, and so you can imagine what sort of responses that elicited on the message boards. You can only guess. How many, how many teams do you guys think, once those charges were dropped, wanted Chris Beard to be their next basketball coach. I got a DM that said Clemson. So I know it at least one. Yes, there was a Clemson post. I would say several in the SEC. <laughs> there were there were many, probably more than I can count. Um, I have a few examples here. First one is from an old Miss board. This one's a little bit lengthy. But this one's funny. Uh, this guy is dogs go down. He says, when did Ole Miss become too good and almighty to hire Beard or a Wade for our basketball program? Let me get this straight. The institution that hired Ed Orgeron, a known woman beater at the time of his hiring, the imminent firing of the most accomplished honorable coach in Ole Miss history. Thank you, national championship. Completely laughable by this administration to not even interview these two to lead the worst basketball program in the history of the SEC. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. That verse seems fitting for our university administration and administrators, hypocrites. Then there's an Auburn post that says, Chris Beard, yeah, I said it, Auburn. Right. Instead of Bruce Pearl, <laughs> they want Chris Beard. LSU guy on the LSU board says, yep, I'd, I'd fire him. Speaking of Matt McMahon and go get Beard before we even finish this season. But I actually want to win something of significance this decade. Oof. Florida State fan, a potential replacement for Ham, Chris Beard. Had his case dismissed today by the DA. Alford would need to really look into the case, but would be a splash higher, to say the least. Might be a potential PR situation, though, you think? Might be. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Yeah. That's burying the lead a little bit, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, Oklahoma Post says, next b-ball coach. Heard they just fired a good one down in Austin. And then... <laughs> Casey, you mentioned there was a Clemson one. I didn't have it here, but there was a Clemson one. Um, there was a Louisville one, also a Kentucky one. I don't have those. But there was also this one from Texas. Chris Beard needs to be reinstated slash hired back. So I guess the Karens on here wouldn't fight or sue if wrongly fired or convicted. 
I don't give a crap what, what you think happened. Bottom line is, according to the law, he isn't guilty for what he was fired for. Have we not had players suspended because of some kind of criminal investigation, yet later allowed to come back after finding no wrong? <laughs> So would you guys want to give a legal lesson here on what not guilty means versus charges being dropped? (laughs) The the Twitter lawyers have been out in full force uh, this the last few days uh, with the stuff that's been going on. Yeah. Twitter lawyers are a little bit funny. Um, I think they get uh, things mixed up here that charges being dropped does not mean that someone is innocent or that someone didn't do something wrong. Right. Simply means that, there's not enough evidence to prosecute him in this case. My guess is there's probably a witness uh, who does not want to cooperate with the prosecutor. And so um, prosecuting the case is impossible. But would, would you guys be okay with your school hiring Chris Beard? I mean, could a school realistically do that? Somebody will. I mean, I, I, would, I would lose it if we fired that dude. I mean, I, I know – UVA fans can be a little self-righteous might be <laughs> a good word, especially since Tony Bennett's taken over, but like there's zero chance that that hire would fly at UVA. Um, and if you look at that Florida state post, even, I mean, that one at least got downvoted a bunch, right? Like <laughs> unlike on some of the other boards, that one it had like 29 downvotes, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. Casey, do you think he would be a viable option at Clemson? No, and I said this earlier to somebody that I think because of who the football coach is, you kind of have to have somebody on the up and up. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say a Christian, or you know, that can actually have some semblance of. I'm not saying be a Christian, but like a decent human being. And so there were some, there were some definitely some names that I've heard from Clemson and on the Clemson message boards. I'm outing myself. I was on them today to try to get some fodder that it's like it just wouldn't work. Who's the old Arizona coach that got fired? Sean Miller. Guy, Sean Miller. Miller yeah. Patino at Iona. I mean, there's just some name. Beard was another one. So I, I don't – I wouldn't take him, I don't think. Joy, your LSU guy wanted to hire him right now in the middle of the season. While I don't agree with that take, LSU is probably one of a few schools in the country that could – do that could pull that higher off if I'm being honest like our our fans aren't they can be self-righteous but they're not so self-religious that they wouldn't give a man a second chance and based on that old Miss message board like they just want to be us like you just wish you had the 2019 season we had with that Orgeron and now you want Will Wade um if you want to be us just say that you know that's okay we, we accept that but LSU, legitimately speaking, is probably one of the few schools in the country that I would say we that if they said they were hiring Chris Beard, it wouldn't. We're not a fan base that usually riots against a hire we don't like. So we, depending on the AD, Scott Woodward has a proven track record with LSU fans currently. So if he tried to pull that off, they'd probably let him. You brought up a great point, Joy. So, do you want L- it? Should it be called Louisiana State University at Oxford? You know, we, I feel like we already own the state of Mississippi anyway. Right. So, right. I mean, sure. Okay. Why not? Man, going, going from Will Wade to Chris Beard, man. That. 
can like I, I genuinely am asking this. I don't get the I don't get the the comparison level there. Chris Beard right. was arrested for domestic violence, and Will Wade said, "I make a strong bleep offer to a kid," and they're equally compared. That uh, that makes no logical sense to me. What's no? I think the, I think they're just. It's more broad than that. I think it's more just a dirtbag. Well, and but, but they're not even comparable dirtbags. Well, I'm saying. I agree. Well, what I'm agree, saying is completely. going going from Will Wade to someone worse. Is, is my point, right? Oh, no, who's? I'm not saying that at you. I'm saying that to, like, yeah. people in general because yeah. this has become a thing. Like, well, we can hire Chris Beard or Will Wade as if the two are even in Chris the Brown was a nice Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and Chris Beard are more comparable than Will Wade and Chris Beard. So what about Utah State, MBG? Are you, got, you guys in the market for a slightly used Chris Beard? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not yet, but I'm guessing Ryan Odom uh, is going to be getting some calls here at some point soon. So stay tuned. Ooh. We might. I don't. I don't know that you're going to sell Chris Beard up in uh, uh, small town Logan, Utah. Nor do I think Chris Beard would want any part of it. Yeah. Rick Patino is at Iona. Can you, yeah. Can you imagine Rick Patino uh, cruising around Northern Utah? Oh my God! <laughs> I, I want to imagine that. I'm not going to lie, man. That would be epic. <laughs> Oh man, that's a reality yeah. series right there, MBG. That would be good time. All right, let's move on. We got one more basketball post to close this thing out, and this it comes from our friends at UCLA uh, from the Bruin Report. A poster named Randy Tool. He says, "Coach Mick Cronin needs to let the team watch the Bruin dance team during." the second TV timeout instead of sitting in a circle of little chairs that will take care of the sleepwalking and get the blood flowing. It doesn't get any better. Always a treat to watch the dance team at Pauly. So apparently those UCLA uh, kids come out a little slow at times and they need a little, uh, <laughs> they get the blood flowing. This guy thinks he knows a way to do it. <laughs> watch I mean... the dance team. This is why everyone hates middle-aged white dudes. It's <laughs> right. I mean, this, you know, this guy looks like the three of us, and posted this crap, and it's just creepy as hell. Like, what is he? And get the blood flowing. Like, what? The, I mean, I don't know. It's just. Uh, <laughs> Give it. Pull up porn on the laptops during TV timeouts. How's that? Like, you know, like what the hell? I, I've always, I've always wondered, like. Isn't the whole idea of like dancers kind of creepy to begin with? Like, why do why do those even exist at a basketball game? To get the crowd moving and shaking. I mean, my high knee moves when they start mo moving their high knees. <laughs> Can't they just play some music? Did you, did you say high knee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a father of a five year old. Yes, yes, I say that multiple times a day. And I almost got a laugh out of Joy. That's what I was really going for. I got I got a face palm out of her. So <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> I, I don't understand these. Uh, the, maybe it's a father of one of the dancers that just wants his daughter to get a little bit of uh, viewing, you know, because a lot of times during those breaks, people are getting up to use the restroom, going out to get some popcorn to throw when you throw an interception. I mean, they can be doing all sorts of things. So maybe it's just one of the dads, a proud dad of a dancer that just wants the boys to like take a look at his daughter. I don't know. 
Oh, hey, I, was, man. I was very wholesome. Well, and I will say, look, my buddy Mullet Trent, since I had to bring up my uh, my college friends every episode, his daughter was a cheerleader at UVA and they, they work their butts off, man. Like, you know, they're athletes. They work hard. They put in a ton of hours. They get, you know, the crowd into the game. Like it's it's a whole thing. And I know, you know, I don't think Trent would love the idea of something you talking about like, oh, it gets the, the blood running or whatever. Like, man, shut the hell up, dude. Just <laughs> Are you saying that Randy Tool is a misogynist? <laughs> I'm saying he's creepy and he's giving people like us a bad name, man. That's, well, what the, that's me being self righteous. Well, whatever happened to just doing a few jumping jacks? I mean, <laughs> do people not do, people not do jumping jacks anymore. Scratch <laughs> MBG. <laughs> I thought you meant the dancers doing jumping jacks. Like, no, the I mean the player. <laughs> to get the blood flowing. Yeah, just do a few jumping jacks. Right? The calisthenics at gym class was like my favorite time ever. Yeah. I was just imagining the Utah State cheerleaders just doing jumping jacks out at center court. <laughs> Well, wouldn't it wouldn't it be better just watch the players? You get that first TV timeout. You know, they're just standing around in a circle just doing some jumping jacks. <laughs> Don't look, don't look at the cheerleaders. Just do a few jump jacks. Do they do like the three stop, the stop at the top, the stop in the middle, and the stop down? Or is that just oh, those are fancy like, jumping jacks? That why like you, kid elementary school. Why are you overcomplicating <laughs> jumping jacks, Casey? <laughs> it's 2023, MBG. That's what we do. There's the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew it would be jumping jack related? That, that would not have been on my card. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers.